The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Let's turn to Revelation. Everybody say Revelation. Oh, as soon as you say Revelation, I get excited because that's where the beast is and a whole bunch of other cool things. Revelation 12 and verse 10. I want to talk to you on the subject of the three testimonies the devil hates the most. It says here, Revelation 12, verse 10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, let me just pause there. Who knows that when God is shouting at you, (laughs) he's trying to get your attention about something. I mean, this isn't just like a normal voice. This is like a loud voice. He's He's distinguishing it. God's putting an exclamation at the end of it. He's, he's, he's shouting at John. He's saying, listen, this is important. Listen to this. This is something I want to underscore. It says, now have come salvation. Everybody, salvation, power, and kingdom. For the authority of Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren, of our brothers, who accuses them before him, Day and night. When does the devil come? Day and night. Has been hurled down. And they overcome him. Who's this? The saints. It's us. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much to shrink back from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and who dwell with them. But woe to the earth and to the sea because the devil has gone down to you and is filled with fury because he knows his time is short come with me if i can find it quickly to job chapter uh, uh one i think it is one maybe it's one it could be six it's one it is one one verse six it says here talking of the new testament old testament as a reflection of each other job 1 6 talks to us about the devil's schemes. It says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, everybody say Satan. Oh, that's pathetic. Everybody say Satan. John, are you saying Satan? You are shouting out so awesome, mate. I'm so proud of you. Good shouting. All right, that's my little seven-year-old shouting out that. Satan, um, he said, where have you come from? The Lord said, where have you come from to Satan? And Satan said, from roaming throughout the earth and going back and forth in it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Why does he, why does God ask Satan, where do you come from? As if he doesn't know. So you have to, you have to ask the question like, is it a surprise it says that day after day, the angels come and present themselves before the Lord, and Satan has to come as well. He has to come to present himself. And the Lord said, where have you come from? And he says, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth in it. Revelation says, day and night. So here we've got the same thing happening. Why, why is God asking the question? Because he knows the penmanship of the Bible is being written. And so he's asking the devil because he knows it's going to be underscored in the, in the book of Job. 
so that we have knowledge and understanding of the devil's schemes. Devil, where you come from? He didn't want to say. Roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth in it. Did you get that? Put it down. Got it. So that we would hear. This is real. This is not pretend. The devil's alive. God's alive. The devil's not playing little, little Mickey Mouse games. This is, this is, what is he doing? He's accusing us day and night. Going, trying to bring an accusation. Trying to disrupt our life. John 10.10 10 says the devil comes to rob, steal and destroy. But God, Jesus would come that you would have life and life in all of its fullness. The opposite is true. The devil does not want you to win, doesn't want your marriage to be successful, doesn't want your business to be successful, doesn't want healing to take place in your life. The complete opposite is true of God. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be blessed. His hand is not too short that even today that he would not reach down and do exactly what you need him to do in your life. I'm excited about this. And then it says here in Revelation, well, let's go back, just flip over here to Revelation. It says, and they overcame him, <laughs> the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, shut the gate. It's so awesome. By the blood of the lamb, of course, we know Jesus died on the cross so that we could have salvation. His blood was spilt so we can have healing. We can have our best life now and for eternity. I mean, it was a great day. But what I love about that is, as you read it, it says the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. In my little translation, it says testimony. But when you look at it, it's actually testimonies. And what he's saying is, it's not only what God has done, but also what we have done. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus has done, but also how we appropriate it in our life. What are the testimonies that the devil hates? What's the thing that really ticks him off? I mean, there must be some. I mean, I guess the, the, the greatest, the most obvious would be the testimony of salvation. And then our mind would go there straight away. That, that, that moment when we gave our life to Christ, I mean, the devil had, has lost ground. It says in that moment, that our lives are changed, that our heart of stone has turned into a heart of flesh. He says he remembers our sin no more. I mean, that moment is a great defining moment. Who remembers that moment you prayed a prayer asking Christ to come into your life? Give me a wave. Come on, just, just be honest. Okay, well, I mean, why do we put our hands up? It's because we remember that moment. Because such a great moment. It was a defining moment. <laughs> I remember that moment. I mean, I was pretty, pretty out of whack. You know, I was struggling with leukemia, struggling with a whole bunch of things. A pretty girl asked me to go to a, a, a church meeting and uh, to a, a youth group. And, you know, because she was good looking, nothing compared to you, baby. But uh, back in the day, when you're 15 years old, I mean, that's a brilliant reason to go to church. Amen. And the youth pastor, after six weeks, says to me, Andrew, do you want to become a Christian? I said, not really, because I was Catholic. Any Catholics here? Come on, ex-Catholics, come on, give me a wave. We already thought we were in, amen. And, uh, and so I said, he said, well, just because you go to McDonald's every day doesn't make you a hamburger. Just because you go to church every day doesn't make you a Christian. 
And we would understand, I mean, if you're a Catholic, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Because if you went to Mass, I was taught, if you went to Mass, you're in. Like, that, that was it. You're, you, could, you could live like the devil, but if you're in Mass, and every six months say sorry to the priest, and, and, and who would know? You, you would just make up the stuff anyway. You know, like, when you're having confession, you, you know, I'd always say lying, be mean to Dad, and, uh, like, uh, trying to think of other things that I, you know, could say. Uh, because, you know, then you just have to say three Our Fathers and three Our Marys. Come on, who, who, who are the Catholic brothers and sisters? You know what I'm talking about. Anybody, anybody? Yeah. So if you haven't experienced that, well, amen. Uh, <laughs> you missed out. I actually enjoyed my Catholic, you know, upbringing. I think, I think it was put a great foundation for me to, to understand what God's about. Anyway. That guy says to me, Andrew, have you ever sinned? I went, no. Nah. He said, have you been told any lies? I went, no. Nah. And uh, he said, how does that going to work? And I said, well, I need white ones, but they don't even count. And, uh, and he said, well, how many white ones before a real white? And I said, well, one. He said, so what are you? I said, a liar. He goes, yeah, that's right. I said, well, that's not very nice calling me a liar at church, you know. I thought you, Christians are supposed to be nice, and you're not. Um, he said, have you, ever, have you ever stolen anything? I said, sure. So he said, well, what was, so what are you? I said, steal. He goes, no, you're... You're a thief. I said, what's in the English lesson now? I don't know. It's not <laughs> he said, Andrew, have you ever committed adultery? I said, mate, I'm 15. That's disgusting. <laughs> 15. I haven't even had my first kiss, let alone commit adultery. He said, the Bible says if you look lustfully at a girl, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever done that? I said, sure. Her and her and her and her and her. <laughs> Basically half the youth group. Amen. And he said, well, uh, of the guy, of the girl side. Amen. Not the, you know, the other side. <clears throat> and... Uh, <laughs> He said, Andrew, God's holy unites and separates us from God. And uh, he said, you can pray and pray, asking Christ to come into your life and, uh, and have a relationship with him. Now, what, right then, it wasn't a hard prayer for me to pray because I, I thought I was already in. See, I knew about God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And... So I pray a prayer. I think, God, I'm sorry for any sins. I ask you to come into my life. Help me to not live for my agenda, but for yours also. I'm amazed, aren't you, how 30-second moments can change your life forever in the presence of God. I just think church is weird like that. Like, I mean, God's peculiar. You read the Bible, it's full of little, little moments a conversation at a well, and the whole town has revival. It's uh, a little mud ball, eyeball sticking in, you know, and you can now see it's these little moments. These, it's not like five-hour conversations or people fasting for 10 days. It's 30 seconds in the presence of God can, can shift you into a brand-new day. Your, your whole life can turn around. And I, I think it's weird that God would say, you know, if you were to pray a prayer asking Christ to come into your life, that you can have eternity with him, which is forever, which is actually, if you think about that, a really long time. Wouldn't you think God would make it harder? The devil hates it. He thinks how annoying that God made it so easy. If you would just give your life to him, they, I lose ground. The devil hates that thought. 
He wished he, God could make it 10 times harder that we'd have to dip in the Red Sea or, uh, or, or fast for 30 days or give a million dollars. No, pray. Ask Christ to come into your life. In that little moment, the devil trembles. The second thought, the testimony that he would hate the most is the testimony of the miraculous being evident in your life. Janine and I want to bring the miraculous to a new generation of believers, that they would understand that God is real and he's big, and, and that thought would change everything. That this is not a game, this is not a dress rehearsal. God is real, and what he appropriated on the cross is available for us today and every day of our life. You know, for my story, yeah, come on, if you're going to clap, you might as well. <laughs> Hey, thanks. It's getting hot up here. I think it's looking at you, Chris. It's like, man, he's a good-looking man. No wonder you married him. Amen. Now, uh, here he is, the testimony of the miraculous. My story, having had leukemia, test, you know, um, cancer in my life, a Catholic priest giving my last rites, preparing me for burial, the whole thing. The youth pastor's prayed, turns around. How amazing is that? I think, man, that's so awesome. Well, it was only a few years ago. Even in my life, here I am. I remember me and Janine uh, were going to go to our conference. It was just down the road, Presence Conference, which is just amazing. And you know, you know what I love about our, our conference? A lot of conferences I hear about God, but every time I go to a Presence Conference, I connect with God. I have a defining moment, a burning bush, because Pastor Phil, is a, he's an atmosphere preacher. He's a preacher of faith and the miraculous and... He just brings that different dynamic every time we come into that kind of environment. I go to the doctor because I had these big lumps on my neck and under my arm. And, uh, you know, when, when you've had leukemia for five years of your life, who knows that lumps and bumps are not good. And so I go to the doctor, and he, he is my friend, he's, and he's like white as a ghost. He's like, oh, gee, this is not good, and took blood tests, and they're mentioning the big C word, cancer, and like, you know, so I was like a bit depressed. Everybody's allowed a bad day every day, every now and then, you know what I mean? I was kind of come home a little bit slumped over. I told Janine, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, what are you going to have to do? And I said, oh, I have to go back and more tests, everything like that. She said, well, tomorrow we're going to go to presence conference. And uh, I said, yeah, oh, I'm going to, I can't go. I've got to do this and that next thing. And, you know, really urgent. And she said, well, what are we going to do? You're going to, are you going to, uh, go to the hospital or, or you, you, you go, to, go to church. It's like, oh, don't you hate it when your wife just gives you, you know, it's like, it's like, well, hospital, church, oh, yeah. All right, I'll go to church. And um, so anyway, we were living in New Zealand at the time, so we flew over to Sydney and I was just staying here at Manly. And, and uh, I think it was the, the second night, Phil Pringle was there and he goes, yeah, hey, I'm telling you, right here, Andrew and Jim. <laughs> Janine Kabbalah here, praise God, and the power of God's on you, no doubt about it. Come up here, Andrew, I want to pray for you, not knowing anything. And, uh, you know, pray for, that's what he does, you're out. And uh, so I was just lying on the stage for a little while, and got up, and anyway, the next day, um, you know, in the shower, just open up, and where, where are those lumps? All those lumps are gone. I said, hey, Janine, come in here. With the bath towel on, of course. 
I knew what you were thinking. So I was like, actually, there was no bath towel. I was just kidding. Anyway, uh, I, I didn't go to church. I didn't go to the service that morning. I was just walking along Manly Beach because I just wanted to say thanks to God. So I was just praying to say, God, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for that healing the other day and thanks for last night and thanks. And I said, God, I really don't, don't want cancer in my life. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, you'll never die of cancer. And I remember thinking to myself, what? what? You know how you just feel like you, sometimes you made it up? Have you ever thought like that? Like, <laughs> I said, I'll never die of cancer. I said, God, why is, why is that? And he said, because your testimony is that you've been healed of cancer. <laughs> and the thought behind that is five years ago I won five years ago I faced cancer face to face he tried all his tricks he tried everything for five years he tried 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 bang 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 we won so now he tries his other little trick but my testimony is so strong my belief in cancer falling off people is so strong that my testimony is no God has healed me of cancer. And so I, I believe for people to be healed of cancer. My brother, who was diagnosed like eight weeks ago of cancer and his bladder and his prostate cancer, basically in palliative care, completely healed. All the tumors gone. The lady who prayed for me for five years of her, of her life, five years, had, had breast cancer, the most aggressive, worst kind of breast cancer you could get, already gone through her other organs. Uh, the day before her operation, prayed for her, and uh, they actually did the operation. A, a week and a half later, they have the, uh, the, the CEO of the hospital, their lawyers, and the surgeon who performed the surgeon, meet with the family to say that the tissue removed, they can't find any cancer in her body now, and they said they misdiagnosed her, worried about a multi-million dollar lawsuit. <laughs> Because in New Zealand, you're not allowed to remove breasts for no reason. And uh, they said that God healed them. And uh, they agreed. Amen. <laughs> the testimony of your miraculous moments are awesome. You may be sitting here and say, you know what? My, my, I've still got testimonies that have been outworked. That's cool. We all have. I have. But the testimony of your victories are like your trophies. You can wave them in the devil's face and say, you know that thing, that problem I had? That's my, that's my testimony. This is my testimony. Maybe you're saying, well, I've got some addictions in my life. But you know what? Those testimonies can be outworked. God's big enough. He's able. He's able to do it. You can't, you, you, you've got to give God the moment. You've got to give him the opportunity to, to, to work in these Places, but the testimony of salvation, the testimony of the miraculous, uh, testimonies the devil hates. The last thing, and I wonder if the, the worship team could come and join me, because I want to pray for some people today. The testimony of the generations being blessed would be the testimony that the devil would hate. That it's just not about you, but it's about other people around your life. He 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 would hate that. You know what I love about this church? 
It's a church, a church of the generations. Pastor John likes the kids, likes the youth, the young adults, older generation, the really, really old generation. He loves them all. I think that's awesome. You know, God gave us two beautiful boys. And uh, some of the greatest moments I actually spent with my boys. I'm proud of them. I love them. But, you know, one of the great stories is, you know, I remember, I think it was Samuel gave his life to Christ at one of our church meetings. And, uh, and I think, I think, um, you know, it's such a great moment to see your sons, you know, seeing Christ come into their life and see them blossom. I, I love hearing the story about Sam reading his Bible and, and Johnny reading his Bible, hearing them sing songs about God and enjoying life. And, you know, I was, uh, this one other day, I, I remember, um, I think I was even speaking and there were numerous people coming to Christ and Sam and Johnny afterwards had gone with mum Janine to back home and Janine was explaining to Jonathan about the altar call and what was happening and people being saved and Jonathan says well I want to pray that prayer and so when they got home I think John and Sam and Janine got together and they prayed a prayer asking Christ to come into their life and that Jonathan would become a Christian so I get home pretty late I don't know what's happened or what's transpired or anything like that I go to bed about five o'clock in the morning, I hear doom, 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 doom. and I know it's Jonathan because I can hear the tell the different footsteps between who and who. Jonathan opens the bedroom door. You know, I don't know if, uh, as a parent, it's, it's funny because they never go to Janine's side. They always come to my side. I'm the soft touch, I think, in the family. And um, Jonathan, I can feel his breath coming. You know. I'm playing possum. You've ever done that before? You're, not, you're just waiting to see what's going to happen. And uh, he goes, Dad, Dad, Dad. And I go, yeah, what's, what's up? And he goes, I got, I got big, big news. I got big news. So then he jumps up top and he says, Dad, he says, um, today, last night I, be, I became a Christian. I said, you became a Christian? I said, man, that was so awesome. I was giving him a big hug. And uh, I said, Jonathan, I'm so proud of you. And I remember Johnny saying, no longer Johnny, Christian now. My name's Christian. And uh, I know we, we got the theology wrong, but the heart was right. For that? For that? To see my kids blessed? To know that they're going to eternity? God, what would you give for that? What would you do for that? For that? For that moment? You see, when I was 15, whispering a prayer to Christ, having cancer in my life, not fully understanding, not fully knowing about that moment, maybe even just having hope in my heart that God would do something. But right then, it was all about me my life, that maybe God could could use me or heal me. I didn't know what was going to happen. 
or it's just a prayer, just a 30-second moment. But yet because of that moment, something began to shift in my life. A miracle started to be outworked in my life. 26 years old, I meet Janine. Now I'm healed. Cancer's gone in my life. And now I think, well, now it's about us, us. Maybe together we'll do something. We'll see the world change. We'll, 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 we'll influence the world, society for Christ. Come on, let's do it. Thinking it was about us. And now, our sons are born. And I realize it's not about me. It's not just about us. It's actually about the generations being blessed. I didn't have the perspective when I was 15 years old of that moment that that was going to happen. I wish I did. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know how good it was going to be. The devil hates that moment more than any other. He doesn't want your kids to be blessed. He doesn't want your grandchildren to be blessed. He hates the thought that because of your decisions, you can influence people all around you, up and down and around. You say, well, it's too late. My kids are they're already gone. No, it's not too late. You can't be that person of influence. You can't be that person that can change people. You know, I, I, I believe that the legacy that we leave is not too late, whether you're a grandparent or you're just starting out. You can be that person of influence always on your lips, always on your mind, the things of God. Being that person that speaking into their life, words of encouragement, words of destiny, miracles can happen. Well, where does it start? It starts because we have an authentic relationship with God. You know, so oftentimes we criticize other churches because they've got wooden pews and the guy at the front is in a dress. We look at them and go, look how religious they are. They can't be saved. But because we've got a good-looking worship band and drums, so oftentimes we think we're different. We think, oh, we've got it all together, but we, we come to church on Sunday, but then we forget them on Monday. It's been months, years since you witnessed to somebody or even bothered trying. You know, you haven't... As soon as I even mentioned the word of like evangelism or telling somebody about Christ, you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to do it. I can feel it. It's like, ah, oh, no, no. We fall into the gap where the devil's laughing. Say, so, you know what? Come to church. I'm excited that you're at church. But don't you tell somebody about Christ. Don't have a real relationship with him. Don't be focused I'm telling your friends and family, your kids, your children, don't live a lifestyle of Christ. Come to church. Give your money. And go home Monday exactly the same. Why would I shift? Why would you shift? The only reason that you would shift is not even for yourself. But it's for the generations to be blessed. That, that, right there, that's worth everything. For your kids, your grandchildren. It's worth shaking off that religious demon. So I'm going to step into something brand new day. How do you do it? You just draw a line in the sand. So today's a brand new day. The Bible says His mercy 
is new for you every single day. Come on, give somebody a shout. You believe that today? So you say what? So what? So well, be honest with yourself. <laughs> You've got to look in the mirror every now and then and ask the question, am I in relationship with God? It's a fair question. It's an honest question. And you know what? I know God will talk to you just like that. But you know what? As soon as God talks, so will the devil. Because he doesn't want you to win. Those Donald Duck moments are real. <laughs> when the angel duck appears on one side, the devil duck. I don't know how Walt Disney did it, but he articulated spiritual warfare perfectly. Because you say, no, people know. People, who cares? God's standing here. Is this real or not? Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 